fan engagement chat the episode of the fan engagement pod where we hear about someone's approach to fan engagement this one's with ryan sparks ceo of bradford city afc we'd already interviewed him back in episode 11 but decided to have a second chat with ryan after he was appointed as the youngest ceo in the country he was appointed in november 2020 and this interview was done in march 2021 Ryan's background is in rugby league, having worked for both Featherstone Rovers and City Neighbours Bradford Bulls previously. As a result, Ryan learned his trade in arguably a much tougher environment where techniques of persuasion of fans are more important to get right. He's a really good listener for someone I like and admire for his straight dealing, his honesty, but sensitivity to the responsibility he's got. He gives us great insight into the work he'd undertaken to both steady the ship and then build for the coming years. His Twitter profile and LinkedIn page are worth having a look at for the record of progress that he's made and since then of course we also saw Bradford's fan engagement rating climb massively thanks to Ryan's work and leadership in the area you can find out about the fan engagement index and how Bradford City did at fanengagement.net and you can also find out more about how your club did on the index at fanengagement.net where you can also register for free for the hub if you want access to more detailed data and case studies from the 2019-2020 index and also the previous year we're taking a break for the whole of August and we'll be back with a new episode of the Fan Engagement Chat on the 7th of September. And new episodes of Baz Chat and Did They Ask The Fans To. Keep an ear out and please like, subscribe and share. It really does help our visibility. Enjoy the show. Okay, so, um, uh, well, it's, you're the second, it's, you're the only person who's ever come back for a second chat, um, Ryan, and the reason <laughs> the reason I thought it was quite a nice idea was because you've, I think this is your third, your third change of job title, not merely job title this time though, because you've gone from being, um, you were sort of head of communication, direct communications, um, in a very, you know, in a, in a role that was very, central it wasn't just uh um, you know with no dis- disrespect to communications managers perhaps you know in a, in a bigger structure you you were running the communication side you moved and did more uh, you were starting to do a lot more commercial sort of stuff and then a few months back you took on the role of chief executive um mm-hmm. and it was after quite a turbulent time that you even began really getting um getting your feet under the t- table at the club anyway and you sort of naturally moved into a much more high profile position with what you were doing you were very open and cognizant of the of the problems that had gone before and now you've taken on the role and what's it been like that's my question really it's been um it hasn't been without incident obviously um you know go back to november the 26th you can appreciate um where we were we were we were, we were, we were plummeting down the league table from the outside looking in, that's really all that counts for a supporter during a football season, particularly one where they can't be here. And you almost lack that context, I guess. Um, 
my appointment was obviously met with a lot of disgust. Um, you know, it was seen as a cheap, easy option by the club. Um, obviously, I didn't see it that way, nor did the club. But, um, you know, I was quite quite excited about the fact that, you know, in a weird way, we were about to hit rock bottom. Um, I couldn't sleep at night, but I was in, in, in some ways excited about the fact that I like a challenge. I've said it before that I like to run at the uh, shit hitting the fan. That's kind of my style. It always has been, unfortunately. <laughs> um, but I don't, I don't shirk it. And I was always quite confident um, about, you know, once everything, you know, things always bottom out. And then it's what you choose to do rather than crossing your fingers to make sure, one, you never go there again. And two, you never feel what you felt and you never have the same sleepless nights. You have different thoughts running through your head. Um, so I guess if we take it from, you know, three weeks into the job, I, I um, you know, I, we parted company with Stuart McCall and Kenny Black, which is just about as difficult as it gets in terms of a dismissal, you know, of a club legend and an icon to say the least, who's achieved incredible things at this club and will go down as one of the best managers I've worked with on a personal level. I had a really good relationship with him. It's an absolute privilege to say that I had a chance to work with someone like that. Um, that was a difficult thing to do, um, very difficult. But, you know, I knew we had um, a gentleman in the building in Mark Truman who I'd watched for some time and he works very close with Connor Sellers and I picked up the phone and I only there was only him who I wanted to have a little go at it and he's you know fast forward two and a half months he rang me back very quickly and said yes I'd like a go at it um, I'm not sure what I can achieve but I'll try and help uh, at this point, I think we were 23rd in the league, facing the National League, no doubt. Uh, we were in big, big trouble. We couldn't buy a point, never mind a win. Um, I think we'd taken four points from 11 games, uh, approaching the halfway point. It's quite scary. Um, and he rang me back and said, I'd like to bring Connor Sellers with me to have a go at this. He uh, has worked with me at the, let's say, teens level. And, I, and I, you know, I do need an assistant, so to speak, and, and or, or someone who can work with me. And they've gone from, you know, if you like, rookie caretaker manager, manager number two to joint managers of the football club in, in 10 weeks. And they've taken us from a relegation fight to a mid-table position. And we're, start, we're possibly starting to look up the table rather than over our shoulders, which is you know, where we are now in, um, you know, in, um, well, we've end of February, it's an incredible position to be in compared to where we were, but it's not just as simple as that. You know, there's been a lot of work's gone on in terms of, you know, our overall kind of strategy and vision, if you like, is, is, is evolving. Uh, it's culture-based. Um, it's something that I believe if you don't have good culture, you will ultimately fail um you can't buy it you have to work on it we were poor on recruitment we've improved it we have um, a working scouting model behind lee turnbull and he's worked very close with myself and mark and connor and you know in january we were very clinical in terms of our business we had a clear plan and we and we executed it 
removing six players from the squad and adding nine. Um, and I believe four or five of the nine, just off the top of my head, are on long-term contracts. So we've begin, you know, the, the building job for the future began essentially um, in the middle of, this, of December. So there's been a lot of work that's gone on inside, say, the first, say, 80, 90 days from my point of view. Um, but I see it as really a start point, not a, not a, you know, there's no cue on the rack, I can assure you. So, so it, it reminds me of this, um, I'm trying to remember exactly who it was, but it reminds me of the conversation I had with someone um, quite a while ago who said, um, I think it might have been Damien Irvine, um, who's now Ebbsfleet, but obviously you'll know of through Cronulla Sharks because of your period of time in rugby league. Yeah. He was also a couple of rugby league clubs over here. He was at Witham Wanderers, Notts County. Um, and I think it was him who said, uh, when I talked about structure and culture and, and that kind of thing, and wh- which versus, you know, which one is the most important or which one has the most impact, or it's not really a question of that. It's a more, you know, as, mm. as, it, um, and he said, well, when it comes to structure, you've only got a short, you've only got a relatively short period of time to really get that in. Yeah. Now, all the playing side stuff, that seems to me to be something that you've clearly spent a lot of time on since you took over chief, chief executive because you were able to. But one thing. Well, was, not, not just that, it was the worst performing department. In yeah. The yeah. Well, so what I wanted to do was to say um, you already spent time doing this when it came to engagement didn't you because mm-hmm. um you've and you seem to have applied the same sort of logic to what you're doing with um what you've done on the playing side now you did you did this with engagement a while back and you basically knew that in getting c- kind of control of things from your perspective and it is it's not a dirty word getting control of things from your perspective you only really have a, um so many so many opportunities so much time to create mm-hmm. what you want yeah and that was that was um kind of being to some extent from my memory was sort of to start with being the punch bag in metaphorical terms is taking all the taking all the criticism you had to take on behalf of the football club and behalf of the um the the owner um and uh, uh, and the staff and other people and then starting to build out the relationship a bit more and starting to get them to trust you more and the, mm-hmm. the people in, in supporters board, individual fans actually starting to look at you and go, oh, I think I might actually trust this guy. And yeah. then that gives you the chance to start to be much more, have a kind of regularising the relationship, doesn't it? Yeah, I think, you know, you use the word control there. I use the word grip, you know, get a grip of things, apply common sense. Um you know, I treat this business like it's my own business. So if it's my, it's, it's not my money, but it is my money. And I think that affects immediately how you're going to work. Um, but in essence, yeah, you know, there is a short period where you can have your immediate impact. I guess the better, the benefit to having me in this position rather than someone new is the people inside the business who are still here or have arrived or will arrive already know what I would like it to be and we've discussed it at length prior to this job becoming a reality for me so it's no shock shock to the system and almost people have been excited about the fact we can then make slight, you know, slight changes to the way we work which will ultimately improve us um, you know I thought 
communications wise this club was a, a bit of a mess in 2018 so obviously I applied you know my beliefs and processes to it I think we've improved that area dramatically um, in terms of not just social media I'm talking all the way through to the actual face-to-face discussion if you like which has been challenging in a pandemic you know undoubtedly because um, <laughs> you just can't have them you know you can't have what you'd like to have from an engagement perspective you know equally we had some issues commercially we lacked we lacked a lot of savviness we didn't we didn't box very clever and we were getting commercially weaker uh, I think we've addressed some of that and we'll address it further with further additions to that department um, so yeah I, I, I guess you know although I've talked a lot about football there and you know football and finance they are the two biggest areas really at this level as you get higher commercial does begin to play a bigger part and but your engagement and your communication is is a constant uh, crucial pillar for me it doesn't matter whether you're in uh, you know Vanarama South or the Prem it doesn't matter you've got to you've got to you've got to do it with people and if you if you take people on the journey, they tend to come with you. I find uh, the bumps along the way, no doubt. Some people want to get off, but most of the time, they're with you. Um, so can I just yeah. interrupt you, Ryan? There's something I wanted to. Um, um, yeah. There's something I really wanted to just divert you off into. Um, you 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 you've never been shy in, in saying where you thought the problems were, um, and everyone knew of the problems under the um, uh, the former. Chairman, I think he was the the, the junior chief executive. Yeah, yeah, the chief executive. He was a junior. You know, he had a he had a shareholding, a smallish, a, 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 a minority shareholding, out of the two German owners. Yeah. Um, and um, this there's the big the big thing here is is culture, massively culture. There's no, I have no doubt about what your what your view on this is, or what your culture is, the culture you want to set. That's not under question you can you can see that very clearly but what is it about um what is it about the owner that means um that you're able to do what you're doing and that you're able to do what you did before um and that you've able you've been able to build on that and um and and be because the thing the big thing about um you and i think it i've got a feeling that you that it would probably um irk some people is that you're not um you're a not yes shy man. You're not, <laughs> a yes I, man. i'm not a yes man no no but you're okay no you're not um so you know why what that that's not i don't think that's something you necessarily find a great deal um what why is it that that you've been allowed to you know, I mean, you wouldn't have worked in this environment had you not been able to be yourself. That's pretty clear to me. But but what you know that that's not that's not normally what I see around the game. I'm not saying that the majority of any senior officials in football are all a bunch of yes people or yes men or whatever. But you know, I I I, I it's diff, it's not something I find a great deal of is people who are prepared to have um, people in charge of clubs and departments like this, who are, who are prepared to stand up and say, no, this is how it has to be done. There has to be, and to be open, to be very open about that. I think, I think because they you know, perhaps clubs are frightened of themselves, you know, perhaps clubs are frightened of looking in the mirror 
Um, you know, when a fan points something out to me, if I don't agree with them, I'll tell them. And if I do, I say, yeah, good point. We need to have a look at that. You know, why, why not? Because it's about integrity, isn't it, I guess? And, you know, you, you, you touched on it there. It's trust is why, you know, the owner here allows us, quite frankly, to get on with the job at hand because he pays us to do the job. And he trusts myself and our staff that we're going to do the right thing to protect his business, which it ultimately is. Um, not to protect it, but to enhance it, you know, make it more valuable, make it more about what it was when he probably purchased it. Um, yeah, I, I don't I don't really know. I mean, it's a, I think maybe, you know, you see it a lot with managers, don't you, I think? And, and maybe, you know, we've gone outside the box with the longest job interview in sports history, you know, 12 matches. But um, you see a lot of clubs who, who who they will remove a manager and immediately appoint one off, you know, the so-called manager merry-go-round because if they took a gamble on someone who was perhaps younger, inexperienced from a different division, would the supporters frown upon it? And I guess, you know, it's the fear, isn't it, of... My view was our supporters were so lost with where we were and where we were going that, quite honestly, I think I could have put maybe you in charge, Kevin, and I think I think people would have had a little look at that. So <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe I was fortunate in the sense that, apart from going to the National League and ultimately finishing the club off, other than that, I didn't have a right lot else to lose at that point in terms of not just jumping straight for the first available manager. And I can only use that analogy, you know, from a club perspective, um, obviously I didn't put myself in the job. So someone above me has obviously seen something in me that gives them belief, confidence, whatever you want to call it, that I can um, assist in, in, in the redevelopment of the club. Um, you know, I do believe some of the things that we'll, we'll do over the next one, two, three years might be things that in 10 years' time benefit the club, maybe long after I'm no longer involved. Um, but that's very important. You know, some people perhaps would come into this and make decisions that will provide a quick win and make it instantly popular. Um, I get that. And, 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 but some of the decisions you take, no one sees them because they're not really, they're not sort of front of house decisions. They're not front of house movements or changes some of them are um, but the ones that aren't are usually the ones that benefit you the longest they're the foundation points if you like I guess yeah. um, but no I, I just I don't know I, I've, I think look I look at it like this like life is short who knows what's around the corner we've all had a lesson or a reminder of that over the last year um, and I just wanted to give this a shot and um, I trust my instincts and I and um, I trust that the sort of culture that I want to create will make us successful on and off the field. Um, and I'm not doing this as some kind of project for myself or, you know, like I said, they're looking for quick wins or anything like that. You know, when people question, you know, I guess where the club's at, they also probably should remind themselves that, or, or back then, that I put my whole career in jeopardy basically by taking the role. I could have hidden in the in the corridors and just keep keep doing the thing I do or what I was doing before and that would have been fine but I wasn't frightened of taking the next step um, don't get me wrong I had, I had some 
I was slightly apprehensive because it's a it's a big role and I respect it. And I, I had a lot to learn and still do. Uh, but I'm willing to learn them. You know, I'm willing to learn them lessons and I'm willing to grow as well. Um, I don't have all the answers. No one does, but um, I'm, a, I'm a believer in just holding to your principles. And I've been taught quite well, believe it or not, over the last 10 years. Um, I've had some really good colleagues in other areas, in other businesses and this one, particularly this one, where I've learned great, great sort of lessons and, and, I've, and I've been given very good insight that will serve me well as we tick forward, you know, and, and move forward. Okay. Um, in right engagement during this time, you indicated it already. I mean, you kind of touched, I think we probably touched on it the first time we spoke to you. First time I spoke with, we spoke with each other. Mm -hmm. um, you, you basically kind of maintained a lot of what you would normally do out of um, a, a, a critical situation like this. You continue to remain... Um, you know, involved in meetings with fans and that kind of stuff. I don't know what quite what um, to what extent. I've I've I confess I haven't done loads of background research for this one. I tend to, um, you know, I, I, <coughs> I like to use the opportunity to ask the question. So, have you yeah. one thing? Um, have you stepped back a little bit from some of the engagement, or are you as actively engaged as before? And secondly, have you? Um, uh, have you um, found it? Is there anything particularly challenging over the last year for you? Well, particularly since actually, since you became chief executive, is there anything that's particularly now you've got this sort of, you know, sometimes you can kind of have a helicopter view of everything, certainly a little bit more than you can if you're, you know, just running a department. Mm -hmm. um, you know, is, is there anything particular that you can see has been difficult over this time, you know, either for yourself or for your, for your staff? For the I think, that, I yeah, I think no. You know, the, the answer to your first question is probably the opposite. I would never step back from any level of engagement whatsoever. Um, for me, now is the time to do more. Um, it would be very, very wrong of me to preach, if you like, internally and even externally, Culture, togetherness, you know, unification, galvanizing, all the little fancy words you want to use, whatever you want to use, and then not have anything to do with people on a on a day, on a on a sort of general level. Supporters board was something set up by David Baldwin a number of years ago, I believe now. And I resurrected that in 2018 against the backdrop of chaos. 19, it might have been early 19, late 18. Um, I, I, funnily enough, I have a supporters board meeting this evening that I'll attend. Absolutely no dramas at all. Um, we have another fans forum coming up in the next month. Again, we will never operate a fans forum ourselves. I like to take the club out of its comfort zone. So I always have a third party to host that, be it Radio Leeds or whoever that may be. I just think it naturally um, makes you, you know, it makes it more honest and less biased. Uh, when you don't have a clue what's going to come your way that day. Um, but no, no, I mean, quite like I say, quite the opposite. In terms of the, the difficulties, yeah, of course, we've got some staff that are remain furloughed because their roles are essentially inactive at the moment. Um, and, and, and of course, yeah, that creates its own questions. It's been hard for some of our staff who've got very specific roles, such as events, you know, mainly the hospitality side of the business, which is, uh, is about as closed down as it gets. 
Um, and those people probably are the most frustrated because, you know, they've got a lot to give and there's nothing they can give at the moment. Um, but, you know, we're about to, um, we're currently in the middle of, of um, calling. I've got about 12 of our staff at the moment who are making calls to supporters. I think something around the two and a half thousand mark of opted in calls. So, you know, we are allowed to contact them. Um, not to sell them anything, of course, just literally just to see how people are. Um, that's something that's very important to me. I want people to know that we do genuinely care for their welfare because without them, we don't really have a business. This club is quite unique in the sense that it's season ticket sales and it's essentially it's ticket sales. It's fan base funds it. There's no doubt about that. Um, and you know, I want to make sure people understand how much they mean to us um, and no token gesture about that. So, you know, I, like I say, at the moment, uh, every member of staff in the business, including myself, have a, have a long a list of numbers and we're, we're just working through them, making sure we get around everybody who's, who, you know, legally we are allowed to contact. And I think that, you know, that, that you know, hopefully that will, will, will really cheer people up and make them feel make them see and, and really believe in what we're trying to achieve here. You know, this is a big, big job. There's a big, big project. There's a lot of lovers being lost. Um, yes, football can provide some polyfiller, but it, its form is temporary and class is permanent. And I really believe that. So it's, it's not about, and you know, when I touched on their talk and gestures, what I'm trying to get across is this is, this is our culture. This is the culture that we will create. This is who we are. So COVID, you've already kind of begun to answer that question for me. So when it comes, you know, the, the conversations I've had around, and I know you might have done yourself, but I've certainly had several of them now with people in the industry at running clubs or providing services to clubs in some form or what have you. Um, and I addressed that with Paul Barber from Brighton and Mark Catlin from Portsmouth, was what the expectation is in terms of return you know, people are saying, yeah, you know, they're anecdotally are concerned about, um, you know, there could be some drop off this expect, there cannot be an expectation that fans will just return because they always have done because this is now a year. And by the time fans get into a stadium again, properly, it's going to be something approaching a year and a half since they've been to a game in any sense, in, in any sense of normal. I don't mean, I don't mean, you know, spaced out two metres between each other. I mean, going to a game in the normal environment is going to be a year and a half before we actually get to do that again properly, something like that. Um, so you're, I presume, part of, you know, part of what informs what you're doing there is is not simply we've got to make sure that these people don't drift away because we're going to need them to come post-COVID. It's, well, yes, of course, all of that centrality, it's central to your project, it's central to you running the football club that these people feel like they're part of it. But actually, I presume part of what you're thinking is, well, you know, we can't just assume that everyone's going to trot back because we just don't know. And this idea that habits have been broken, you know, do you look out there and think there could be people that don't come back. And what we've got to do is try to make sure that none of the reasons they don't, none of the reasons they don't come back are caused by things we could have done something about. 
and trying to be essentially trying to be proactive and and be be as present as possible in people's lives yeah i want us to get to know our fan base better um this club has never really marketed correctly it's crm some there are some people who don't really understand what that even means i don't think um these are the basics for me absolute basics of running a sports club um and we will get them right. You know, we have people now in CRM roles, which is new for Bradford City. Um, but that is essentially, you know, we, we, it's all right needing these people. And, and if you like having these people when things are going well and you, you know, you're storming through to Wembley and you're winning cup finals, but where, where's the legacy? You know, I can't see much legacy of that apart from pitches and trophies where we, when you when you're on a on a high, and by the way, I don't believe we are at the moment. I think we're just doing better than we were. Um, you have to make sure at that point you pump some more adrenaline in, and you build it for the future. So when the next chief executive sits here, he has all of his data. He knows what his fan base believes. He knows what he's saying. It's an easier handover, you know. Whereas you know, for me, it was like being kicked off the top of a diving board. Um, <laughs> We've, you know, probably fully clothed as well. So it's not, it's not. Um, yeah, yeah. So like, it's not easy that part. And, you know, the football side of it, the finance side of it, there are things that I can directly affect, obviously. But, you know, when, when you want to, and I know it's an old saying, but win the hearts and minds of your supporters, that requires a lot more than crossing your fingers and hoping for some wins on a pitch. Uh, you cannot rely on results. And I just, I will never, ever have it where everything is based on results. It can't be. Ooh. So you, do you look around and see that other other clubs, because there, there are plenty of clubs that have sort of, you know, and certainly also anecdotally, again, conversations I've had with people where, mm. you know, they haven't, they've, they've kind of, their, their, their engagement, their regular engagement with fans, say through, say, you know, doing online fans forums, lots of clubs mm. did that when there was no football. Yeah. yeah. It seems as, as though quite a few clubs have sort of dropped off on that and have stopped doing that. Is that something you see? You Do you look out there and think there are a few out there that are being a bit complacent, maybe? About maybe yeah, maybe. I don't really, you know what? I, I'm always one of them people who I know I've, make, I've criticised the likes of Grimsby Town this season for the way they handled the COVID situation, which was proven to be correct. So I don't regret that. But I don't really like to walk around and tell clubs how to run themselves because I don't know that I don't know the situation. I don't know what staff they've got. I don't know what their owner wants. I don't know what the chief executive's direction is. So I, I can't really, you know, waste. It. All I know is what I think this club should be. Okay, so when we talk about um, drop-offs, you know, what I see is if I am able to be very honest with our fan base and explain why perhaps we can't um, walk this league, walk the next league, and then just arrive back in the Premier League, as long as I can explain that to them, you know, most of our supporters are pretty cool with that. You know, they, they, under, they understand that, you know, what its limitations are um, and why and how we can lift them. Or, you know, change them slightly. But um, it is interesting, you know, I, I admire clubs um, where results aren't everything, but they understand that we've got, we're ambitious, to, we're ambitious, we're trying to Im um, improve as many areas of the business as we can, as quickly as possible, but in a sustainable manner. Um, and, I, and I admire clubs that achieve that. 
I really do. And, and there are some examples where, you know, I, I think of Wickham off the top of my head. I don't know what they do there. So you might correct me, but they appear to be at one with their supporters. I know they've gone back to uh, an overall owner now, but they still appear to have held that link. Yeah. And they've gone on the journey with the fans. Yeah. And that would be, I would want nothing more than that. Yeah. And when people, and, and I guess this is the real key point, when people see Wickham go from, you know, League Two all the way through to the champ, and then maybe they don't survive this season, I don't know. People go, we should be doing that where Bradford City. Yeah. That's not enough. You don't earn it because you're just a bigger city with a decent history. It doesn't work like that. Mm. It's when the when the club is collectively pointing in the same direction. You can use you know, there's two analogies. You can either have all noses pointing in the same direction, or I, I prefer the the, the, disc, the disc with the arrows pointing in. And if all the arrows are pointing in to the common goal, you will 100% win. There is no, no there is no way you can fail. If you point one or two arrows the other way, or a few of the arrows keep moving because we're not really sure what they are you will ultimately fail um, because there's someone pulling the rug from beneath your feet. You have to have collect, everyone has to be on the same page. Mm. And it doesn't mean you all agree on everything. It just means that in the end you do. Yeah, um, when you, it's kind of that you understand your points of difference and you accommodate that. Yeah, and that's, yeah. yeah that's good. That's, that's good organisational culture. Um, you're, when it comes to, to something I wanted to ask, and I'm, try, I'm kind of asking everyone really um, now because it's become something that I'm really interested in is the whole um, arena of esports and gaming. Um, I said it to you off, 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 um, off recording before we started was one thing that interests me is, is that you, you, you towards esports and gaming, you often have two responses. And one of them is, well, you know, from clubs, one of them is, well, either we are or we aren't in the premier league or in the top 24 clubs. So we can't do anything on on esports, for example, gaming, and how you can use that, a lot of people just don't, haven't really thought about it. I think, uh, or the, or if you, uh, uh, um, or um, and and you, yeah, sorry, and you don't, you know, it, it's it's either it's it's either that you you do these big deals with Fortnite or 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 it, you know um, any of the um, you know like Wolves did recently or any of the big um, football games you might do tie-ups with them, but actually people forget that gaming particularly is a communications tool, essentially. It's a way of getting to an audience, a group of people, potential fans. You know, we're all talking about, um, you know, younger people in inverted commas, um, not being um, as switched on to something like football in the normal experience, you know, the 90 minute game every, 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 every week, every fortnight. And that this could be a really useful way of just connecting with people and using, also using facilities that you've got which you don't use seven days a week. Is this something you've had the chart? And I just, you know, you're doing a lot of stuff at the moment. Is this something that sort of crossed your mind a few times and you and you you want to look at properly? Or is it something you're kind of actively thinking about? Or, you know, do you, is, is that part of, you know, in terms of engagement mm. with kids in the city, is this something that you can see the potential in? You know, particularly particularly using Valley Parade as a place for, to appeal to gaming, the gaming community, you know, and, and getting across to those people. 
I think I think there's a place for it beyond COVID in terms of you know people on site, off site. You know, it's an area that we need to um, we need to understand um, in more detail. Uh, it's an area that we're going to explore in more detail. Um, I'm not. I don't really have an opinion on whether it can work for us or whether it can. I don't think it needs to make money for us as long as it provides something in the way of uh, growth be it on from a fan's perspective or just a, or, you know people getting more and more involved with the game and more fans being interested in in our club um it definitely has a place um we've we have an esports side we do have one we do work with it we we look we're looking at it we haven't commercialized it as yet um but it's developed and i think it's across xbox and and uh, and playstation so it's definitely there. We haven't turned a blind eye to it or anything like that. I guess, you know, from my own perspective, just where we have been recently and the threats we've been, uh, you know, that have, the, 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 the threats that have been posed, that as a, you know, it hasn't been a top priority, I can't lie to you. But in the same way, changing the floodlight bulbs hasn't been. So it's no, you know, it's no um, great disrespect to it. Um, it has a place and, you know, I am a brand person. People know that, and and I like us. To, you know, we, we we're bringing our women's team in house. Uh, it will become part of the official Bradford City brand. It is no longer someone's side project. That really annoyed me. Um, we are building a one club mentality on it, and the esports team, along with our uh, disability sides, etc., have they have got a place. They have got a place, and uh, you know, over the next couple of years, as has social media. You know, we now have more media staff than we've ever had because it's the biggest growth area. You know, where every time a Twitter or an Instagram or a TikTok or a Giphy comes alive, guess what? We need to fulfil those roles because they're growth areas for us. And um, I believe it can be an area of growth for us. And anything, you know, I'm very much a person that, that you know, nothing ventured, nothing gained. There are many things we've attempted, looked at, tried and will do in the future that you don't, you know, in the end you realise it was ultimately a waste of time or cannot work. Uh, but there are many things that we would try and, and, you know, just to see how far we can take them. So, no, esports definitely has a place for us. Um, we need to get our strategy cleared out, cleared up on it, to be fair. enjoyed that edition of the fan engagement pod we are taking a break for the whole of august and we'll be back with a new episode of the fan engagement chat on the 7th of september and new episodes of baz chat and did they ask the fans as well whilst we're away why not dive into our extensive back catalogue of 58 other episodes we feature interviews with scott mcleod from everton paul barber from brighton and hove albion the head of professional game relations at the fa andy ambler we've got episodes on policing supporter liaison fan driven marketing social media and dialogue perspectives on fan engagement from Carl Piss Fitzpatrick chief executive of Warrington Wolves Rugby League and Liam Scully CEO at Lincoln City we listen to owners we hear from CEOs governing bodies public relations communications and marketing experts international perspectives politicians and more we've also got Baz Chat our insight into the commercial side of fan engagement with Baz Schneider and did they ask the fans with Tim Crow Search Fan Engagement Pod and tune in on your favourite app or at fanengagement.net. Enjoy the summer, keep safe and see you soon. Uh
Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Yeah, 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 ye